Hi, this is Mark Iskowitz, Editor-at-Large for MMM, and welcome to the MMM Podcast for the week of July 19, 2021. As marketers gear up to launch Biogen's recently approved Alzheimer's drug, Adrihelm, they're facing what can best be described as a disastrous set of circumstances. Controversy was sparked almost immediately after the Food and Drug Administration gave Adrihelm the green light on June 7, and it culminated in FDA acting head Dr. Janet Woodcock's July 9 call for a federal inquiry into the agency's process for reviewing the med. Her request, posted on Twitter, came as several lawmakers launched probes of their own, and Biogen took the unusual step of asking the agency to narrow its label. It also came less than two weeks after a stat news investigation delving into contacts between Biogen execs and FDA staff revealed that such interactions date back to spring 2019, raising questions of improper influence. And this week, a New York Times expose was published as well. Wayne Pines, president of healthcare at Apple Worldwide and formerly associate commissioner of the FDA, who was quoted in the Times and is an author of books about the agency, was kind enough to come on the podcast to discuss the implications of FDA for FDA's credibility and where we go from here. Hey, Wayne, how you doing? Okay, thanks for having me, Mark. Appreciate it. Of course, always great to host you on this program. Uh, we'll get back to the interview in a moment for some housekeeping items, as we usually do. Be sure to check out the shortlist for the MMM Awards, which went live Thursday, July 7. You can peruse all the finalists in the various marketing, media, and agency categories at MMM-online. News Brief subscribers can follow the link in the breaking news alert that should be in your inbox. And the debut of the shortlist means the awards ceremony is right around the corner. Join us virtually or in person on October 7. The choice is yours. And you can register for that at mmm-awards.com. And join us in person on Thursday, September 23rd for MMNM's DEI Deciphered, an MMNM summit convening a range of stakeholders in a unique roundtable format to explore how industry can affect progress in areas from hiring and retention to creative and executive pay. Register online at mmm-deciphered, all one word, .com. Okay, so there was a stat investigation uh, two or three weeks ago, which raised the uh, suspicion of impropriety in the relationship between Biogen and the FDA over getting Adjuhelm approved. And there was another New York Times expose this week, which revealed some further revelations. Wayne, what, what exactly went awry here, in your opinion? Well, we don't know yet. There needs to be an investigation, uh, and an investigation has been called for by Acting Commissioner Woodcock to see what, what happened here. This has been, uh, you know, the, the most controversial drug approval, uh, if not ever, then certainly for uh, many, many years, certainly, you know, uh, one that uh, continues to be on the, on the front pages. Uh, one has to do with the fact that the data uh, clearly do not indicate uh, a strong efficacy. Uh, the, the data are at best, and everybody agrees with it, the data are at best uh, equivocal and or can easily be interpreted to show that the drug uh, is, uh, you know, does not work. Um, and secondly, the price, of course, which FDA has nothing to do with, the price is very high. And the use of the product uh, in significant numbers of patients can uh, alter the Medicare budget quite significantly. So these are the kinds of things that we need to find out uh, more about. I don't think that we know the complete story. The press continues to report uh, episodic information, but the, the complete story as to what happened uh, has not been reported. What I'm concerned about 
is that the way that this is playing out, it appears as if uh, there was there was something wrong about the way that FDA handled this, uh, perhaps improper communications that uh, were, were outside the, the traditional way that FDA likes to communicate uh, certain information that may have exchanged hands between the FDA and, and the company that may or may not have been appropriate, we, we don't know. And that has raised questions about the integrity of the FDA. And if there's one thing that we need in the patient community, in the medical community, in the pharmaceutical industry, it's an agency that is uh, regulating our, this business and that has the highest integrity. Our health is at stake. Uh, so much is, is at stake. And that's my largest concern. We need to restore the integrity of, of the FDA and make sure that all of the communities that uh, are affected by the FDA, which is virtually 100% of the population, have confidence that it will make decisions based on sound science and good medicine for patients. Can you, can you kind of elaborate on that a bit? Well, there have been reports in the media that there uh, you know, may have been inappropriate communications, ex parte communications, that is communications that were outside the, the normal system between the FDA and the company. Uh, the uh, FDA decision was uh, to approve the product. Its advisory committee, which looked at all the data and which is normally relied on for good sound advice, these are the leading experts in the country, recommended unanimously that the drug not be uh, approved. This is the first time ever that the agency has gone against a unanimous uh, recommendation by its own uh, expert advisory committee. These are the kinds of things that people are, are looking at and reaching their own conclusions about. That's why it's essential that we have some sort of an independent investigation, whether it takes place through the Congress, but uh, more appropriately through the office of the Inspector General to see what really happened. And again, hopefully leading to a conclusion that the FDA uh, behaved properly and that uh, the decision to approve was a matter of judgment rather than based on something other than good science and good medicine. That kind of thing is, is unprecedented, is it not? Well, what's unprecedented is the fact that the advisory committee voted uh, 10 to zero to recommend not to approve the product. I think there was one uh, dissension, so, uh, but it was basically not a single member of the advisory committee recommended that FDA approve the product. And I'm not aware in the at least four decades uh, history of advisory committees that FDA has ever approved a product after uh, the advisory committee unanimously uh, said that uh, there was not sufficient evidence. Most of the advisory committees, when there's disagreements, have a split vote, but to have a, a 10 to zero vote and then to have the FDA uh, disagree is is uh, unprecedented. There was also a report in the press. Again, I, I don't know whether it's, uh, you know, I can't verify it personally, that uh, there had been a number of people within the agency 
who had urged that the product not be approved. FDA decisions generally are consensus decisions within uh, the agency, and this was clearly not a consensus uh, decision. So those are the kinds of things that make this a very, very unusual situation and something that merits uh, more attention and will get more, more uh, attention. Talk about a little bit more about what you think the implications here. You know, I know there's an investigation uh, perhaps pending into the approval itself, but given that the uh, focus of the investigation is the, the ties between Biogen and the agency and, and whether they were in fact too close, what the implications this could be for co collaboration, you know, between FDA and, and industry? Well, it, it, there are a number of different implications. One has to do with the standard that FDA applies to drug approvals. And in this case, what appeared to happen is that uh, there was one uh, study that, that showed marginal effectiveness, another that did not show any uh, effectiveness. Uh, normally, that would not lead to a drug approval, but FDA decided to approve it. Uh, and uh, you know, nobody at FDA, as far as I can see, has even said this is you know, clearly an effective uh, drug. Well, that's the standard that FDA has uh, maintained since at least 1962, when the drug efficacy amendments were, were passed. So if, if, uh, if this is perceived as a breakdown in that standard, that has serious implications. And we already uh, see it in the, in the Alzheimer's uh, area. We already see uh, you know, companies that have, uh, are in the, in the process of developing Alzheimer's products. We already see you know, discussion as to what the standard will be and whether they really need to prove um, uh, effectiveness. So that is that is perhaps the most important uh, ripple effect, so to speak. What will be the, the you know, what will be the, the, the standard? You know, Alzheimer's obviously is a, is an ultra serious and far reaching uh, disease. There are, there are you know hundreds, dozens of, of you know of of, drug, of diseases uh, you know that that uh, are uh, equally devastating. Uh, and patient communities that have a very vocal and, and rightfully so very vocal views about what FDA should approve and, and not, not approve. And the question is whether the approval of this uh, product will you know, carry over to the approval of other products where uh, the efficacy uh, data are not as strong as one would traditionally uh, like. So again, we see a lot of discussion of, about that. You know, to me, those, those are the, you know those are the big potential uh, ripple effects. What will the standard be for drug approvals uh, moving forward? We 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 really need to make that very very clear. Uh, in terms of communications, uh, you know, the uh, issue uh, really is uh, the underlying issue is what should the role of FDA be in helping companies develop products. If, if we go back X number of years, the FDA generally was a passive agency. The FDA let the drug development, the, you know, the protocols for, for uh, drug studies, the drug development plan rest with the companies that were developing the products. Over the years, the FDA has transitioned to uh, more of an, you know, a collaborator, an advisor. If you look at the 
uh, vaccines that were approved for COVID uh, last year and earlier this year, FDA obviously, and, and, and 100% properly so, was involved in uh, the design of those studies, uh, was monitoring the studies every day. Indeed, we were monitoring as, you know, it was on television every night how those studies were, uh, were going. So there clearly is a role for the, the ultra experts at FDA to play a role, they say, uh, in, in drug development. So the question here is, what is that proper role? And, and you know, how far should the FDA go in providing advice and guidance in terms of drug development, given the fact that they have that uh, expertise? As patients, of course, we want that to happen. As people looking at, at, at a system and wanting to make sure that it's a system of the highest integrity, we say, well, where, where is that fine line between you know, being advisory and helping and being part of the development process such that you can't make an objective decision at the, at the end of the process. Speaking of the ripple effects of, of this case, we've seen uh, news reports uh, over the past week that insurers like United Healthcare are pushing back and saying they will not cover the drug uh, that Medicare, the largest you know, uh, public payer in the country, has initiated a, a national coverage determination, which could curtail coverage for patients, the bulk of whom uh, uh, get, you know, who will be candidates for the drug are you know, medic on Medicare. Um, and uh, we saw several medical centers, uh, including Mount Sinai and Cleveland Clinic, saying that their physicians would not prescribe the drug. Uh, so that all is going to be very you know, vexing, you know, say for a marketer who's charged with uh, communicating this, this drug, you know, you know, how, how do you, um, you know, communicate if the patient is asking their doctor their, for, for the drug and, and, the, and the doctor is saying, you know, well, my medical center won't allow me to mm -hmm. prescribe this. And that's kind of a, that's a big challenge for, for marketers there. Uh, I mean, absolutely. You know, from FDA standpoint, FDA doesn't have anything to do with uh, the price uh, of the drug or, uh, you know, the extent or, or the relationship between the doctor and the patient. And as you mentioned, the doctor can prescribe the drug for whatever indication, whatever use they uh, see fit once the drug is approved. Um, uh, this drug is under accelerated approval, which means that there have to be studies. Uh, FDA has given the company about nine years to you know, submit the studies, which is an awfully long time, although Alzheimer's obviously uh, evolves, you know, over time. So we may need that much time just from a, a medical uh, standpoint. You know, these, these are the issues that um, we have to address. It'd be interesting to see how Biogen uh, does market the product and uh, whether it, uh, you know, feels the need to detail it uh, you know, given the fact that Biogen itself has limited the labeling to early, you know, Alzheimer's patients, uh, how they intend to characterize uh, that with greater uh, precision, whether they're going to market it to GPs or just to neurologists uh, or psychiatrists, a lot of different doctors uh, treat uh, or, or have the potential to treat. Uh, Alzheimer's and certainly can uh, diagnose it. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what they do. I have not seen, again, I'm not involved in it professionally, so I've not seen 
uh, any of uh, uh, that emerge yet, but uh, eventually uh, it will will emerge, and we'll we'll see uh, how the marketplace reacts uh, to that. Public Citizen um, has called for the resignation of the three top FD officials, uh, including uh, Acting Commissioner Janet Woodcock, Dr. Janet Woodcock. Do you agree that that, that kind of a move is, is, is needed? No. Uh, I've known Janet Woodcock for 30 some odd years. She is the person, a person of the absolute, absolute, absolute highest scientific uh, integrity. The question here is whether there was, um, I'll, I'll use the word mismanagement of the situation, uh, or whether there is something, uh, it was just a matter of judgment. And whether, uh, you know, the judgment that, that uh, Dr. Dunn and Dr. Cavazzoni exercised in uh, approving uh, the product, whether, uh, you know, there are any issues uh, associated with, with any of that. Certainly if there was mismanagement, that's one issue. If there was a matter of judgment, then it's a matter of judgment. And, and people, you know, medical people uh, uh, are entitled to, to a judgment based on the data they see and upon the patient needs that they see. So uh, what should we look for next in terms of uh, these uh, pending investigations? Do the, do, does the um, OIG have to uh, formally take up uh, this uh, investigation for it to kind of commence? Yeah, I believe, I believe that that's the case, uh, that they have to agree to, to do an investigation. OIG investigations uh, usually take quite a bit of time. I don't know whether this would be expedited or, or how long it would take. There are also going to be congressional hearings uh, on it, largely centered around the price, uh, because obviously, if if we have a new drug out there, uh, as you mentioned before, that's reimbursed by Medicare, and that could be for millions of patients, that obviously has significant uh, budgetary implications, and the Congress has to deal with that. So we're gonna we, we will probably see some sort of a uh, you know Inspector General's investigation of what went on, and we'll also see congressional hearings. Uh, on it. And uh, at the end of the day, hopefully we'll have a better understanding of, of uh, what happened. In the meantime, uh, Biogen has a new drug to market and to uh, uh, establish reimbursement for and to persuade the doctors at Mount Sinai and other uh, hospitals who have said that they're not going to prescribe it, uh, persuade them that uh, they, you know, they may want to reconsider that for certain uh, patients. So, you know, the marketing challenge here is going to be very, very uh, interesting given the pushback and given the negative publicity that this drug already has uh, received. That in and of itself, I think, is, un is unprecedented. You're assigned as a marketer and you've got a drug that's been on the front pages where everybody has said it doesn't work. And there you are. So um, that's the challenge. Couldn't have said it better myself. I mean, this was a drug, um, you know, that back in uh, March 2019 uh, was was basically publicly declared to be ineffective. You know, before the company uh, delved back into the data and found that, you know, if we just kind of uh, take the high dose subsegment of one of the trials, it did show a benefit, mm -hmm. uh, but the other trial uh, did did not. Um, and uh, 
So uh, it is it is an un unprecedented, as you say, uh, situation. Um, and uh, thank you for helping uh, put it in perspective. Pre appreciate your thoughts as always, Wayne. Absolutely. Always a pleasure to speak with you, Mark. Always. Oh, th thank you for that, Wayne. Okay, well, we're going to call it there. If you enjoy this episode as much as I did, please give it a like. Please subscribe to the podcast, help others discover the show. Uh, that was Wayne Pines, president of healthcare at APCO Worldwide, former associate commissioner of the FDA. Uh, this has been Mark Iskowitz signing off. We'll see you next time on the MMNM podcast. Take care, everybody.